0: Adding the choice of a crispy Chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing.
1: I got me out and I sound like a robot.
0: But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a Junior Bacon Cheeseburger or a crispy Chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, a keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy Applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink, not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.
1: Thank you.
2: Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining me again this morning on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have the honor of having one of the LPGA's top instructors, plus one of the most accomplished New Jersey high school athletes of all time with me this morning, and that's Debbie O'Connell. Debbie's the founder of Golf Positive. She's hosted her own radio and TV shows as well, and she's going to be along here in just a moment to join me. But before we get started, we want to kick off the show by saluting all the brave men and women serving, our, serving in our military and everyone listening in on the Armed Forces Sports Radio Network. Thank you for your daily sacrifices and all you do to keep the rest of us safe. We also want to thank those of you who served or have served in every branch of the military and public service. We appreciate what you do to preserve our freedoms and our liberty. It's through your strength and efforts that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Stephen Lee, Dennis Farrell, and all the great folks over at Armed Forces Sports Radio Network. It's an honor for us to be a part of what you're doing. You keep, you, know, you keep all of our men and women updated on sports and everything across the, you know, the news world. We can't thank you enough for, for that and allowing us to be a part of your network. It's an honor for us. We also want to thank everyone listening in on iHeartRadio as well as great radio sites across the Internet like Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, and Blog Talk Radio. I want to give a special shout-out to our good friends, Mike Novak, Ben Kerr, Mark Modesky, and the great staff over at LastWordOnSports.com. Check them out online and on Twitter. I'm telling you, their site's fantastic. Contains great content across every sport. Staff of riders are wonderful. You're going to love going to their site every day for your, new, your, your sports news. If you haven't been there yet, please check it out and then bookmark it. LastWordOnSports.com. And if someone's dragging you to the mall or to the grocery store, you're tired of hearing the same old, same old on your commute, commute take us with you. Again, you can find us on, uh, online, like I say, at, at iHeart and Spreaker and Stitcher. But player.fm. It's a downloadable uh, app that you can put on, uh, on your uh, smartphone, so you can stream us, plug in your earphones, walk around the grocery store, walk around the mall, you can hear this show, Next on the T and our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate on there. We'd love for you to take us along with you. All right, now joining us on the Kyvin Foods guest line is Debbie Mc- O'Connell. Let me give you some background on Debbie She's an LPGA teaching and club professional at Rivervale Country Club in Rivervale, New Jersey, and Greenhouse Golf in uh, Waldwick, New Jersey. She's also the founder of Golf Positive, which offers multimedia and live educational opportunities to enhance both your golf game and your life. She was recognized by Golf Digest as one of the top 50 female teachers in America in 2010 and 2012 and a top 50 instructor by the LPGA. She won the 2007 Nancy Lopez Lopez Golf Achievement Award, the 2002 LPGA National Professional of the Year Award, the 2002 LPGA Southeast Sectional Professional of the Year Award, and 2004 she was inducted into the Ridgewood High School Athletic Hall of Fame. She's also a media pro, having hosted the Debbie O'Connell radio show for a decade and the Par for the Course TV show. And I can't tell you what a privilege it, it is for me to be able to see to be able to say she's next on the tee with me this morning. Debbie, thank you for being here and giving up part of your Saturday morning to be a part of the show.
3: Well, Chris, thank you so much for having me on. What an honor to be on this show and um, where. Your show is uh, across the world. It's it's really neat what you're doing and sharing so much about this great game of golf with uh, those in the armed for- forces and everywhere else. It's uh, such a great game. It's a positive way to spend a Saturday morning.
2: There you go. Thank you. So, Debbie, but before you know, we talk about all the great things you've done over the course you know over your career. You recently had knee surgery. I read. How you doing?
3: I did. Thank you so much for asking. I'm doing great. It was a week ago, Tuesday, and I actually was on the golf course yesterday, and the doctor said, we'll just start and hit a few shots with uh, short irons first, but, uh, you know, one of those players sometimes who doesn't get to the course early enough to warm up because we had a 730 tee time, so I went to the first tee, and I just took out a nine iron, hit a few swings, and kind of did mostly the upper body because it's my left knee. So obviously, and and then I'm a right-handed golfer, so my weight transfers onto that left side. I didn't want to strain it too much. But fortunately for me, it was a very small tear in my lateral meniscus. And I have a great doctor, Dr. Pope, who suggested that uh, he just go in arthroscopically and snip off the tear so it would prevent it from tearing more and getting worse so where it would be a major operation in the future. And I really did like that philosophy. I said to the doctor, I said, look, every decision you make for my knee, it's with the idea that I will be active, I will play golf the rest of my life, I want to play tennis, and if someone says, do you want to go snow skiing this winter, I can say yes instead of saying, no, I have a bad knee. And he said, no, I understand. I understand you're very active. And you want to be active for a long, long time. And, and you can do that, obviously, with a game of golf. But, I mean, I know people who play. They're into their 90s, and, and I want to be one of those
2: players. Ah, good for you. I'm glad that things are better. That's uh, that's wonderful news. So, David, let's go back a couple years. Like I said, you're a three-sport star when you were at uh, Ridgewood High School. You played basketball, softball, field hockey, you were, as Michael Kanan wrote in an article on NorthJersey.com, uh, the cream of the f- crop for female athletes in northern New Jersey. You lettered every year in basketball and softball, twice in field hockey. When did golf enter the picture, and why golf over those sports?
3: Well, first I want to say thank you for saying a couple years. I
1: appreciate that <laughs> very
3: much. Because when I look back that I graduated in 85 from high school, I said, wow, times wise. Uh, What happened, though, and and the reason for field hockey was only two years, was they dropped it and picked up soccer. And I'm a much better uh, hand-eye athlete coordinated than I am a foot-eye coordination. So I decided to then focus, actually, on basketball. It was Mm -hmm. um, the sport I loved the most, although softball was a very, very close second. We had great teams in high school, and I was so fortunate to have a fabulous school system to go to in Ridgewood High School. Great teachers, great coaches. And my sophomore year in softball, we went 29-0 and 0 and won the state championship. And my sister was the pitcher. I was the catcher. We were the battery. It was an amazing wow. year there. And then uh, basketball was always just um, a sport I loved. And so I decided my junior and senior year to treat basketball like my fall sport. I went and played every day or I practiced. I got and picked up games or I go for a jog, anything that would help me to go play college basketball. So I was fortunate to get a scholarship to Western Kentucky University. And I had signed early. Then I watched their season. They went to the Final Four when I was a senior in high school. And that was so exciting to see and saying, that's the team I'm going to because I did want to compete on a high level. And then we went back my freshman year. Yeah. uh, What a neat experience for me to be in, in Kentucky in Rupp Arena because uh, we were just, Western Kentucky it wasn't all that far away, so we had a tremendous, we had thousands of people come and watch us. We actually lost at Texas in the first round who went on to win it, but uh, Pat Summit was there with her team, and also Cheryl Miller was a senior at USC that, wow. that year in uh, 1986. So, and that was a great experience. But I had, I had played golf like once or twice with my mom and dad. My, my, both my parents played a little, not, not a whole lot, and they weren't all that good at it. They're great athletes. But they weren't yeah. all that great at golf because they didn't put much time into it. But they uh, they took me out and I I had fun with it and, and enjoyed it. And then I played golf one time with my basketball coach, and she said he said to me it was Paul Sandiford, Wow, I think you could be pretty good at this game. Well, then my junior year, when basketball season ended, I had gotten to know the golf coach, and she said, hey, I hear you play golf. Why don't you come out and. Uh, meet me at the golf course so i did and i'm thinking we're going to the driving range and she said we're going to go play and i said we're going i said well show me how to hold this club i have no idea give me an idea what the swing's supposed to be like and and whatever she told me worked because i just killed it off the first hit
1: (laughs) and then she (laughs) had hers
3: out there right next to mine and she was a former player and uh, so i was like okay this is just another sport it's not so hard But uh, it it was just a great opportunity for me there at Western. And then, believe it or not, she invited me to play in a college golf tournament that was three weeks later. Oh, my. I I had a good work ethic, thank goodness, Chris, because I practiced every day. It was raining one day, and I'm out there chipping. And it was was so fun to have that opportunity. And at the time, I was thinking golf was just another sport. And I could pick up sports pretty easily. But if I knew... What I know about golf now, at that point, I would have said, you're crazy. The sport is too difficult. There's no way in three weeks I can be ready to, to go tee it up in any kind of event. But I went, and I had a super time. And so here's the decision, and I'm giving you a kind of a long answer. The decision was okay. when I graduated college, do I want to stay in basketball? I could have gone to Europe and played professionally. I could have gone to get a graduate assistant position somewhere. Or I had this opportunity with golf, and I talked to my parents. I talked to a gentleman, Yaz Gonzalo, back in Jersey, and he said, come out and help me at the golf course, and I'll give you lessons. You can practice all you want. I really think you have some potential. And So I went, I went the, the road of the game of golf, and I'm so thankful for it because it's been nothing but amazing career uh not not that i didn't make it onto i actually never even went to qualifying school because i found i enjoyed people much better and i got into the teaching i got into being a club pro and i loved it so my career i'm so thankful that that was the road i chose
2: yeah so so debbie i can't get past the fact that you know you play i play once or twice with mom and dad and then all of a sudden you know i play once or twice with with my college coach and then you know Boom, three weeks later, I'm playing in a, in a college tournament. I mean, golf, to, you, know, you sort of alluded to this a moment. Golf to me, and I've said this to lots of folks, golf's a game that it takes 10 years just to get bad at. You, you played the, play the game like a half dozen times, and now you're playing in a college golf tournament. That's amazing. Well, I didn't say that I played
3: well, but I was the talk of the tournament. Being, being athletic, I had a good-looking swing, but I didn't quite know how to get the ball in the hole yet. As a matter of fact, for for all your golfers who are listening, this is. I remember the second hole. I hit the ball over to the right, and there's a wooded area. And I'm over there looking, and, and so our parents are looking. My coach happened to be there. Everyone's looking so desperately for this golf ball. Like, it means the world. And I'm thinking, I have more golf balls. What's the big deal? Let me just go <laughs> drop another one and keep playing. I didn't know the rule. <laughs> I didn't know I would have had to go back to the D and get a penalty and stroke and distance. I had no idea. And now that I look back at that, I just, I just laugh at what, how little I knew. You know, sometimes ignorance is bliss. And what was interesting, too, is that, team wasn't so happy with the coach. What happened was it was the best five scores out of six players, and at the time oh. they only had five players on the team. so my score really didn't matter for the event right. that 's why the coach said, "Well, come out, it doesn't matter." but the team wasn't so happy for a couple of reasons. one, they figured I would embarrass them. secondly, my work ethic was much different than theirs when i when I was practicing, and it was probably more my desperation to try to do as well as I could in three weeks um, And then when I was coming down the 18th hole, I was in the last group because we were the sixth group to go off. The uh, other girls are walking with me, and they're cheering for them. Hey, Sally, go, baby, you know, and rooting for the other girls. And no one on my team even said my name. And I was thinking, oh, Debbie, please, just don't embarrass yourself. And that's the goal of so many students I have. I Many people come to me and say, I, I say, what's your goal? And they say, I just don't want to embarrass myself. I want to get the ball in the air. I want to be able to move along the golf course and not feel like I'm holding everybody up. So I get that request a lot from new students. So here I am thinking those thoughts and, and fortunately I hit my driver in the air down the middle and then I'm thinking, Oh gosh, just this is where everybody can see you and I fortunately just I get it hit a decent shot in the air, greenside bunker, which was fine. I kinda look like a normal golfer, right? So I walk yeah. down, my team says nothing to me. Now I'm in the bunker I Just get it out. Just just get it out. Don't scroll it. Just hit the sand. Right. My heart was pounding. So I I, did. I got on the green, 2 putted, and made bogey. I was like, whew. at least it wasn't embarrassing to myself and my team. You know, I got through the event. But it was really, it's a fun experience to look back on as the start of my golf career.
2: I bet. So, David, like I mentioned a moment ago, you won the 2007 Nancy Lopez Golf Achievement Award. 2007 just happened to be the first year it was ever awarded. So you're the inaugural winner, and, and it's an, you know, a, an award that's annually given by the LPGA to the person who best demonstrates leadership, passion, giving, and approachability. Talk about what it meant to you when, you A, you heard that you were going to be recognized like that, and, B, to be the inaugural winner of uh, what, what, what is a wonderful award.
1: Chris,
3: it was absolutely amazing. Just hearing that I was nominated, I I was blown away because putting Nancy Lopez in any sentence with your name, it was, uh, just the thought of that says so much because I admired Nancy. She was a player I looked up to before I even got into golf. I would enjoy watching Nancy play on television even though I wasn't a golfer at the time. What she has done throughout her career, not only on the course, but for others and what she represents and the class act to, to even be thought of in a way that resembled Nancy somewhat was amazing. And uh, so that was just when I was nominated and then to actually win that inaugural award was uh, probably the most prestigious or, or feeling for me, the, the best war- award that I've ever received. And uh, then years later, I actually became friends with Nancy, which is even more special because what you think of Nancy and who she is, she's that person and more. And, you know, it's so neat to get to know someone and watch someone from afar and seeing them as a celebrity and seeing them as this great person and then to get to know her and realize that she's she's exactly who she portrays when she's in the media, when she's speaking, and what she did for all those years and her values and morals. And um, so the, the whole award and the award ceremony was, was fabulous. My, my parents and my sister flew down from New Jersey and to be a part of the whole evening, and, uh, and some real good friends were there as well. So uh, I can't say enough about it and how, how humbled I was that some of my peers had nominated me and then to actually go on to win it was uh, just really blew me away. I was so, so appreciative.
2: Yeah, it, you know that's outstanding. To your point, though, Debbie, you know I've seen you know many pictures of you and Nancy together. Talk about not only what she's meant to you, but what she means to women's golf in general, and to the other ladies you know that are in and around the LPGA.
3: Nancy loves the LPGA tour. I can't even express enough how much that tour means to her. It's it's her second family. Um, more so than anything, I think Val Skinner said it once in an interview that as great a player and ambassador Nancy is for the LPGA, she's even a better mother. So can you imagine her as a mother when she, you, you've already seen what she's done as a star in the LPGA before, and she has the three daughters, she has a granddaughter now, and she's just amazing with her family. Um, and that's, that's been neat to see and see her around her children and, and be kind of a part of that at some times in her life. But for the LPGA, she becomes like a mom to these young players. Lizette Salas, one of them, she won this year on the LPGA tour, um, was taken under Nancy's wing because they kind of compared the two with their backgrounds and their experiences. But um, she was the captain of the Junior Solheim Cup team. And then she was the captain of the Solheim Cup team. She stays involved. She goes to many tour events. She would do anything for any commissioner that uh, is working with the LPGA for years. Even after she stopped playing officially in 2002, she stayed involved and said, who do you need me to talk to? What sponsors? Do you want me to go anywhere? I'll be here. I'll play golf with sponsors. And she still plays out on the Legends Tour. And she's actually going to be the captain now of uh, the Honda Cup team, which is the, it's the senior tour of the LPGA called the Legends Tour, and they have their own right. version of the Ryder Cup. And Julie Engster, for the first time, is going to participate in an event. And last year, Laura Davies made her de- debut on that Legends Tour. And they don't have a whole lot of events. I think get, on a given year, it could be six, one year, up to eight, maybe 10 has been probably their biggest schedule. But she'll still get out there and play. Unfortunately, she doesn't practice and play as much, so she'll, she'll shoot a bit higher score than she's happy with. But what she has given back to the LPGA tour has been tremendous. And she catapulted it when she first came out. So she took that responsibility very seriously. As a youngster, you know, in her early 20s, she knew the importance of her taking the time to be with the media. And it's interesting to hear her talk about after a round, she would spend so much time with the media. By the time she got to the locker room and got to practice, it seemed like everybody was gone. So at times it was a lonely <laughs> life out there for her because yeah. she was in such demand. And, you know, she would get there early enough to sign autographs. Uh, one time, Nancy shares a story that she, she stood for nine hours signing autographs. But wow. she would, and the reason she did that, because when she was a little girl, she was online with some, she never told me the celebrity. And I'm not even sure which sport it was, but she was online. She was the third person from getting the autograph and he left. And she wow. said, oh, my gosh, it really hurt her and upset her as a little girl. She said, if I'm ever a star and people want my autograph, I'm never going to walk away before I sign all of them. And uh, obviously you can't do that all the time because you, you wouldn't have time to play the game. But
1: <laughs> right. for the most
3: part, Nancy, after rounds, she does that. She gave back to the media, and which did so much for the tour. And she does continue to do that today. She stays very busy with her travel scheduling and being a part of as much as she can. And she's always there for the phone. You know Paula Creamer can call her anytime. Um, Brittany Lincecum, who unfortunately came in second again in a tournament by bogeying the last hole. She did that a few years ago at the uh, event in uh, the Founders' Cup event in Arizona and then Nancy was there and she talked to her afterwards and found out. Brittany didn't know what the score was. She didn't know she was ahead by one coming down 18, so Nancy chatted with her and said, Brittany, you got to look at the scoreboard. And she said, I get too nervous. She said, you'll get better at it. Just, you have to know the situation because you have to know how to play the hole. And right. uh, unfortunately, Brittany, again, kind of messed up in, in an event, but uh, handled it very well, lost in the playoff. But uh, I, think, I think we're going, going to see a lot from Brittany Lincecone. But, again, it's that tutelage from Nancy who wants to reach out and help every player.
2: You're also heavily involved with Golf for a Cause. T- you know, talk about th- you know, how that organization helps people use golf as a strategy to achieve you know, other objectives in their life and in their careers.
3: Well, Chris, golf is such an incredible <clears throat> game in the business world. You know, with the amount of charity events that are out there or client events in these corporations, it's, it's imperative, I believe, for all people in business to at least get a, a ground-breaking understanding of the game, be able to talk the language, know a little bit about what's going on in the world of golf, and then get to where you can play it comfortably. Um, and for men and women, you know, what I, I, I'm up in North Jersey, so I teach many people who work on Wall Street. And I've had um, men and women both come to me and say, I need to learn how to play this game for business. And, you know, hopefully they enjoy it along the way as well. And then we try to make the learning experience very fun. But they kind of get left behind if they're not able to go out on a golf course. Um, One gentleman I teach, he's a hedge fund manager. He has – he's the client. So he gets invited to Wingfoot and all these – the trunk courses and all these top courses in the North Jersey area and the tri-state area. And for a long time, he, had, he just said no because he didn't play at all. So he really got focused and started taking lessons. And uh, it's a nice way for him to have that interaction with um, his clients or the people who want him to be a client. But vice versa, if, you're, if you have clients, what better way than to bring them to a golf course or go to a driving range and hit golf balls with them, offer them golf lessons yeah. if they don't play, you know, anything. But... Um, the the language of golf even is so important. And especially for women, Chris, because many women aren't in those charity events or in the corporate outings. And I know that because I've been to them and I've worked some, um, done golf clinics at these outings for corporations. And there's very few women. And I have a couple stories from women who say that because I play golf, I know the CEO. And one example was a gal who was invited to play in a charity golf tournament with her CEO because the forward tees were way up. He wanted to find, is there a woman in this company who can hit the golf ball? Because he <laughs> wanted that advantage. You you take a woman who can hit it 180 to 200, and they're playing on your scramble team in an outing, and the tees are, are up far enough. You can really have an advantage. So this uh, friend of mine, and actually, and, and student said, said uh, was known to play golf. So she played. So now here she is in the company, She'll walk by with her peers and the CEO says, hey, Karen, how are you doing today? You know, and they look at her like, how do you know the CEO? How do you know his name? And I played golf with them. You know, so nice. it, I think it will serve everyone well, and I tell that to all the parents of my juniors. No matter what they end up doing with this game, and we try to make the whole learning process fun so they keep coming back and keep learning, get the experience. I think golf will serve them well for the rest of their lives because even if it's not for corporate there's, charity. there's more charity events in golf than I think there would be basketball or there would be soccer. Right. They're out there, and there are events, but there's so many more with golf. And to be able to just sign up because you want to support something and go out there and play and be a part of the day is priceless. I mean, it's really such a neat game in that regard.
2: For folks that uh, want to check out more information about golf for a cause, you can go to golf for and it's the word for F O R so Golf4cause.com. Uh, I highly recommend a great site. Speaking of great sites and fun, Debbie, I love what you're doing with Golf Positive because the game can turn negative in a hurry when you're playing poorly. So, talk about you know what the impetus was for you to you know start Golf Positive and what people can find on your site.
3: Well, it's interesting. It's a pretty new company. It hasn't even been a year yet. And uh you know how a first year is, you're you're just developing logos and getting all the legal documents and then starting right. to create ideas for the website. And I I remember, you know, you know that time of the morning when you're half asleep, half awake and you're you're yep. maybe dreaming or thinking, but it seems like you're in a great state of mind to be creative. I just yeah. woke up one morning, and was, and uh, I, I guess I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I've been a head golf professional at um, three different golf courses when I lived in Florida over a 15-year period, and I love that. I love being a club pro, but I always felt like I could, I could do more, like I could probably get out in the world and reach more people, and um, it was neat. I'd see the reaction of when I'd run a member guest or be a speaker at an event, and I'd, I would see the reaction of, the people in the audience, and there were times I really affected them or I hear later, wow, when you said this in that speech you gave or I get those thank you notes that said this was really a neat experience. Thank you for your energy and and being, you know, the leader of this particular day and event. And and I thought, gosh, this is neat doing this here in this club, but what if I can take this out more into the world and really get people to have fun because I've seen people get, upset with golf and then not have a good time out on the golf course, which is such a shame because hey. I know when I have the opportunity to get out there and play golf with my mom and dad and then my nephew, the one I've had a foursome of my 12-year-old nephew and my mom and my dad. And my dad is 81 years old. My mom's in her 70s and my nephew. And I was like, this, how about this quality time? I mean, that, that right. actually, we took a picture and I said, wow, I'll remember this day forever. And I like to do that as much as possible. So the game is, is so meaningful in many ways. And so I wanted to share that. And I woke up one morning and I was like, golf positive. It just popped into my head. And I'm like, that's what I want to represent. And then creating the logo was fun because I was trying to have this subtlety of something positive happen. I went around the gamut of with the flag and the ball and, and trying to do where. And then you know what I made, Chris, was a green that looked like it was smiling. So I had a green and a smiley <laughs> face. And I had the, the O and golf as the whole, but it looked like an Oscar Mayer wiener. So I said, well, that's not going to cut it. I can't do that. So I came up with the O in golf is the ball, and the O in positive is the hole, and the ball is falling into the hole. So I, I have that little symbol of a positive something happening, and, uh, and I love it. I mean, the the website's pretty simple right now. There's some golf tips on there, and I try to make the golf tips fun, do some singing and dancing, get the point across, some, some fun things. And so it's enjoyable to get these tips and, and fun ways to practice. Um, and then there's corporate opportunities on there, just like what I do for Golfer for Cause. I work with Debbie Wakis on going into corporations and teaching them how to use golf. But I also can do corporate outings, so that was a head pro. So I've done all kinds of events. And then, and then I enjoy public speaking as well and try to reach out and, and reach into the heart of someone in the audience or, you know, touch that cord to maybe help them have more fun not only on a golf course but in life and, and move on and live such a positive life. I, I, I share with people all the time, and I, I can sense you're this type of guy, that you know that sometimes we're going to go through hard times in life. If we love people, and we care about people, and we have emotions, life's going to be hard sometimes. People we love will die. People we love will get right. sick. So why why make your experience on the golf course not fun the entire time, even if you hit some bad shots, even if you lose three golf balls, or hit the ball in the water time after time? You know, if that's the time to just kind of forgive yourself, laugh at yourself, and just do your best. Plus, as you know, you'll play better if you stay in a positive frame of mind and, exactly and you're able right. to let that go and, and move forward. So, um, so that's kind of the idea. That's our, our mission is to help um, people have great learning experience, enhancing their game of golf, but also hopefully taking into a neat level of, of a positive way of living, uh, living life and being more positive throughout the day.
2: Yeah, and it's great stuff, and just so folks can find it. As I recall, the uh, the web address, Debbie, is golf-positive.com, correct?
3: It is, and you know what I just did yesterday, Chris? I bought What's golf-positive.com. I couldn't get it initially, and then the company that owned Golf Positive without that dash Yeah. Um, Sent me an email and said, "Okay, we have this site. It's for sale." So I, I just did get that. I don't even think it's hooked up yet. It's so new that I I, I uh, paid for that yesterday. So I'm excited to have that because it will be much easier for people Great. to actually find the site. Um, there you go. So yes, it is it is that the Golf Positive. And big news that I just received was I have um I have a contract that I still have to read because it's probably like 30,000 pages long. It appears to be <laughs> with Audible. <laughs> And I'm going to be working with Audible on doing these short golf tips because Audible does the downloads of books. So usually it's like 20 hours that you're downloading, that you're going to listen to. And they have a book club where you get an audio, audio, audio book once a month. So they're doing a pilot program for some shorter audibles for people who maybe their commute isn't an hour to work, but maybe it's only 20 minutes or maybe it's a half an hour and they can listen to some of these shorter audibles where it starts and finishes before their commute's over or for whatever reason, we're all so busy in life, they're going to do some shorter audibles and uh, and i'm going to be part of that pilot and i'm just thrilled about it and um,
2: that's awesome
3: so so that'll that'll be me another great way like you you touch the world with with your radio show and, and bring light and positive you know talk about about golf and other things every saturday morning and uh, so I'm, I'm hoping to be able to to do what you do in, in a smaller sense probably uh,
2: there's no question you're going to do that and, and, and a great deal more because you've got some such great stuff debbie um, if we could, before we let you go, you you've got you know you mentioned on on Golf Positive some of the some of the tips that you have, you got a lot of great instructional things. One of the ones I enjoy, and you talk about singing and dancing and bringing that to to part of you know what you do on there. I love your your instruction about you know if ball lands in the sand trap. Let's do a little twist. To get your feet in there talk to, talk to us because i'm one of the guys when my ball goes into trap and my, you know my buddies will tell you that's the weakest part of my game when i get in there i'm like oh geez to, you know, to your point earlier about your you know your your college golf experience i'm like just let me get the ball out of here talk about you know maybe a tip for some of the folks listening in for our, you know what's a good way to get in the trap keep your mind positive and then get the ball out
3: well i tell you it, it is about your reaction when you get in there it's not a penalty to be in that bunker. Uh, So it's how you react. Is it it that negative, oh, no, you know, and put yourself down? Or is it, all right, I get to dance. And the dancing part for me is, you know, you want to whizzle your feet around and get them below the ball and and get good balance and a good base in the sand. So I I say, well, you get to do the twist. And uh, during my tip, I sing, come on, baby, (laughs) let's do the twist. So anything to make it positive. A deep breath. I have a lot of my students, Chris, smile. I, when when the, the tension is there, because really, there are some very, very difficult shots in golf. And and if, if you're a little bit lacking confidence in the bunker, there's tension. And tension is a killer throughout the entire game. So if you can do something to, to let that tension go, a deep breath, a smile, dance a little bit, think something positive. And I tell you, here's something that helped me so much because you know how sometimes you have a shot over a bunker, a tight pin, and there's water on the other side, and it's a fast pin, and it's sloping away from you? (laughs) You know, and you look at that shot and say, oh, wow. Anywhere on the green will be great. My last thought when I'm in one of those real tough situations, which is for anyone out there listening who, who has is lacking confidence in the sand or any shot you're lacking confidence with, especially around the green. I look at that hole, and I say, this might go in. And you know what? It might. It's possible that ball might go in the hole. And for some reason, this feeling comes over me of my, it, I must, my brain must say, wow, if it might go in, this must not be all that hard. And I tell you, I relax just enough right there to make a successful shot, and it's worked for me time and time again. So when you're in that situation, around the green, it's a really challenging shot. Make that last thought really positive. This might go in. It's possible to it in the hole, and yeah, then and like your that. body will relax a little. Breathe and smile, wow. and um, and you'll do better. Get that tension out of your out of your body, and, and you'll play better golf throughout the day.
2: That's a fantastic tip. I'm going to use that one, Debbie. Let me know if it works. I'll send you a bill. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, Debbie. If If you could give LPGA Commissioner Michael Wan a you know piece of advice for what you what he could do to help garner the game more the women's game more media coverage, what would you tell him?
3: Partly keep doing what he's doing. He's really, I think, doing a a fantastic job. He's created new events. He's got the CME uh, Tour Championship at the end of the year that the ladies have to qualify for and they announce that each week, so there is some excitement. The, the thing I'd like to see more is what they do during the Olympics. During the Olympics, you can watch, and they will take you to the home of some of the player, uh, com- competitors, and you get to know that individual competitor as a person and a human being. You, you see their family life a little bit. You see some of the struggles they've been through and the challenges, and really no matter what country, they are from, you kind of relate somewhere or you feel empathy or there's something that you say, wow, I want to see how that person does in this Olympics. And even though you're, you know, us in America are rooting for U.S. over anyone else because we always want to win the most medals, you'll watch out for that person. And if there's no American competing, you may root for that person. And I think if Mike does that uh, and takes us to Korea and Japan and, and the homes in the United States of our American players, and we get to know them on a little bit of a personal level, and I think the Golf Channel could do that, and they do it somewhat. They do it on the website, get to know such and such a player, but I tell you, those neat stories they do on on the uh, Olympic telecast. Right. I, I say, and I've had this conversation with some of people, and they say, yes, I love that. I love, and then I really do. I watch out for that person, and I'll look up, and I'll see how they're doing. They become a fan of that person, and I've done corporate outings with you know, Morgan Pressel, and Brittany Linsencombe, and, and Paula Creamer, and, and they get, garner a whole group of fans who then start to follow them and watch them. It's that personal touch. It's that relatability, and getting to know them as a human being, not just as a golfer on television, and I think it's if more stories like that can get out, there will become more fans. But the the part that Mike can't do uh, is is get probably the biggest names in the U.S. to get the U.S. fans. have Michelle Wee in that in the final round more often? Uh, Lydia Ko is a great story. Who's the the youngster? She has one more chance to become the youngest player ever to win a major which is coming up in a couple weeks so you know people are watching her just because she's outstanding you know if you could have another Nancy Lopez come along you know those are the uncontrollables but you have personalities like that Lexi Thompson's a great young kid with an amazing game Um, and Paula where they would relate to the crowd they'd be classy they'd be friendly but they are they will win but no one's winning like Nancy won you know, there really hasn't been. You know, Stacy Lewis is great. She won three times this year. I don't think she relates to the crowd as much, although her story's phenomenal. If you get her story out, where well, she had scoliosis, she was in a back brace. They didn't think she'd really be able to play any sports, never mind golf with the turning. And and here she All is, right. the number one player in the world on the Rolex World Rankings and the leading money on the tour. So I, I think those stories and those personal stories are key, but. Um, you know, the thing you, you, like I said, the uncontrollable is is getting, for in the U.S., you know, America's like to root, root, root for the home team, right? So have yeah. you know, a, like we do right now, Stacey Lewis is number one, Michelle Wee's in the top ten, Lexi's in the top ten, but, you know, having them really competing to to win each and every week, which obviously won't happen. There's so, such depth. But if we get to know the other girls, like Envy Park, Suzanne Pedersen, So Young, Rude, and... um if we get to know them a little more personally, I think that helps.
2: No, I think you're exactly right. I hope you get the opportunity to tell Mike the, about all of that because I think that's a fantastic idea. There, well, I, I there will do a... that when I see him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, and you know what, the neat thing about Mike, I could actually send him an email or a text message, and he, he will read it, and he will he listens, and he'll respond. I mean, whether, I mean, he's as busy as can be, and he gets hundreds of emails no every day, but he'll write back and say, thanks for your input. Um,
2: nah. There you with go. With any
3: anyone in the LPGA, so uh, I may I may take you up on that advice, Chris. I
2: think you should. <laughs> That's there, a
3: great question. <laughs> there,
2: there was a big debate earlier this year when Paulina Gretzky was on the cover of Golf Digest. Did that bother you with all the great female golfers that there are, you know, out there to choose from to put on a cover? Do you just look at it like this is just a magazine trying to sell copies?
3: Uh, pretty much the magazine trying to sell copies. You know, um, th- I'm sure they have their editor's meetings and they have to decide what's going to make these magazines fly off the shelf. And right. that's what they came up with. Uh, it's, it's business. You know, would I prefer the, the best golfers? On there, absolutely, and and share those stories, sure. But you know, you have to you kind of understand that business is business, and that they get to make their decisions, <laughs> and and we don't. We can comment, we can have feelings about it, um, yeah. But ultimately, they're going to look at their bottom line and and make a decision on okay, how are we going to move these? And uh, that's why Oprah came up with her own magazine because she whenever she was on the cover because she was so popular. Whenever she was on the cover of any magazine, that was their best week. And she said, well, what am I doing? Why don't I have my own magazine and put myself on the cover? (laughs) And I'll be
1: the leading (laughs) magazine. So she
3: did. So she did. That's why why she's a billionaire. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Debbie, if if you could pick any golf course tomorrow and have a tee time on it, where are you teeing it up?
3: Well, I always like to pick courses that... I haven't been on, usually. Yeah. I played Pebble Beach, which was awesome. So I haven't played Spyglass. That would be probably just quick off the top of my head. That would probably um, be be the one I'd choose because I love Pebble Beach so much and so many people say Spyglass is even better. But um, I think that would be neat. But then, of course, you know, as I'm answering that, I haven't played St. Andrews either. So that might be, if I could just blink and be anywhere, St. Yeah. Andrews would have to be it. I got to go to the home of golf. Yeah, yeah,
2: with you. If I'm going somewhere, it's it's uh it's uh, St. Andrews or of course Augusta National is has always got oh, uh, yeah. tightly around my heartstrings. So.
1: Yeah,
3: and do you know what's crazy for me, Chris? This is you know sometimes I'm not the brightest uh, brightest light bulb. I can get into the Ryder Cup for free as a fan with my LPGA card for years now. We, we got that approved years and years ago. I still have not been, not even to a practice. Wow. Game. So that is on my bucket really? list. And, and I'm going to get smarter in the next year and make sure I get down there because people say walking that property is just magical. And I, I yeah. plan on getting there next year. Yeah.
2: Good for you. So, Debbie, how can our listeners follow you, whether it's online or over social media? Because you're fantastic.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Chris. Well, the, the golf it will be golfpositive.com soon. Right now it's golf dash positive. And um I'm I'm learning Chris, we always have to keep learning and getting better. I'm getting better with the social media. I do have I just added the, the Facebook golf positive. Um, like I said, I'm in the growing process a bit, but I do have a Twitter account with Golf Positive. I have the um, Pinterest, which I never really knew much about Pinterest, but that's kind of fun. I I put quotes out or, or little golf tips or pictures with golf ideas uh, so I, I am getting wrapped up with all the Google Plus and everything we need to do with the social media. And I'll be starting Instagram pretty soon too because I, I know a lot of the youngsters are using Instagram and yeah. the snapshot. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, just if you if you put my name or golf positive or go on the website, uh, there's a blog post there and, and some video tips on YouTube, which I'll re- be recording more very soon, which I really enjoy doing. I'm going create some more fun ways to learn this game and keep it keep it positive and keep people uh, getting, getting better but having fun along the way. So uh, the golf Positive, I, I am creating all those accounts, so um, it's fun. It really, it really is fun, and I appreciate you very much for having me on today, Chris. This, is, this has been wonderful. You do a fabulous job.
2: Well, you're fantastic, Debbie. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your morning to be here. Such, such a pleasure, you know, talking with you and, and really listening to the stories. I'm sure you've got a thousand more. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime because I'd like to continue to, to hear about, you know, the things you're involved with. And then, uh, and obviously, as you build Golf Positive, uh, we'd love to have you back to share, what, you know, all the great things you're doing.
3: Oh, I would love to do that, Chris. Thank you so much.
2: All right. Uh, all the best to you, Debbie. We look forward to catching up with you soon. Until then, uh, have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, and uh, we look forward to uh, checking you out on uh, GolfPositive.com. dot com.
3: Great, everybody. Golf Positive out there. Thanks, Chris. Have a great, great weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bye. <Bye-bye.
2: laughs> Thanks, Debbie. You too. Goodbye. That was a lot of fun. I can't tell you. You know, you want to talk about you know someone who's got a wonderful attitude that just oozes through the phone lines. Holy cow. Debbie is fantastic, and you know, I just love the enthusiasm in her voice. And when you watch her videos that are already out there on golf it's it, you know, she makes it fun, and uh, she gives you some great tips along the way. So uh, I can't I can't encourage you enough to go out there and check it out. But before we put a bow on this one, I want to also let you guys know about a wonderful book that's out there it's called a golden 18 written by roger Schiffman, and the photography is done by one of our friends and one of the greatest photographers anywhere on the planet jim mandeville jim as i'm sure you know is the director of photography at uh, the nicholas companies the book showcases some of mr nicholas's greatest course designs and the stories are great and like i say the photography is just out of this world the book's about to come out keep an eye out for it you're going to love it uh, again, it's called A Golden 18, a showcase of legendary clubs designed by Jack Nicholas. All right, everybody, it is time to put a bow on this one. My sincere thanks once again to Debbie O'Connell for being such a wonderful guest with me this morning. Uh, and I thank you for tuning in. You know I appreciate you guys the most. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari, and our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on radio stations across the Internet, particularly live on Blog Talk Radio. It is also rebroadcast on BoostRadio.com from 10 p.m. to midnight. We're joined every week by legends from around both the NFL and the CFL. Uh, you can check us out. You can check this show out and Thursday Night Tailgate out on uh, Facebook. Give us a like. That's important to us, too. You can find us online at uh, nextonthet.net and thursdaynighttailgate.com. You can stream or download any of our, our archive episodes for free, and you can keep up to date with who some of our future guests are going to be. Like I say, thank you again for choosing to listen to this show this morning. I really appreciate it. And until next week, hit them straight, my friends.
0: choice of a crispy chicken blt to wendy's four for four is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing
1: i got me out and i sound like a robot
0: but do you like the sound of this wendy's four for four now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken blt from detroit to macon i keep it crisp like bacon both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets fries and a coke for just four bucks oh yeah at participating wendy's for a limited time meal includes small fries and a drink not valid in alaska and hawaii Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing.
1: I got me out and I sound like a robot.
0: But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, a keep it crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.